This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. Today's show is sponsored by Ring. Stop burglaries before they start with the Ring Video Doorbell. See and speak to anyone approaching your door with the use of your smartphone. Head over to ring.com forward slash bad Christian right now to save up to $150 for the ring security kit. That's ring.com forward slash bad Christian. You are now entering the bad Christian podcast. Three, two, one. <laughs> it's the Bad Christian Podcast. It's the Bad Christian Podcast. Worshiping Jesus. Worshiping Jesus. Bad Christian Podcast. Saving all these lost souls. All right. Welcome to the Bad Christian Podcast, everybody. Welcome to the Bad Christian Matt, Podcast, everybody. Toby and Matt. Joey. Toby Back, and in Joe. case you hadn't picked up on this, what I want everybody to do is figure out how to listen to us and watch the show. We do it on video now. If you're still over in the, you know, video. if you're still doing this in your podcast app, yeah. you're missing it. Go to our <laughs> Facebook channel or our YouTube channel. Uh, you can see the video on YouTube. And we do it live right now on Facebook every week at 9 p.m. Eastern, and you can see us. So everybody join us there and subscribe on YouTube. That's my goal, guys, by the way to grow the podcast is to grow the YouTube. So I heard from some young millennials that YouTube is yes. where it's at. And so that's where we're going to be. We're going to build that is all I listen up. At the beginning, uh, I just, I was singing a song. It was kind of a worship song and it was in mm-hmm. honor of your grandmother that passed away. Thank you. And she is, She's gone, right? She's gone. She's been. <laughs> she is a little bit weird because she's been gone for a few uh, weeks. But they set the memorial service for this weekend, so I'm taking Georgia uh, Thursday morning, and we're flying to South Carolina for my third grand, third and final grandparent funeral, all in a year. Lost three grandparents Yay. in wow. about ten months, I believe it is. And this is the last one, uh, which means, you know, on the bright side, it means I'm kind of moving up into the family food chain. Like that, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah, that's interesting. Are like, are if when your grandparents die, are you no longer a grandkid? Like that's gone, right? I'm not a grandkid. I moved like, up. Nobody on earth is calling gonna, you their I'm grandkid. A, in fact, I'm a real adult now, and I'll go farther than that. I'm in charge of my family now. I'm, Even your mom and dad. Yeah. Here's why: because they're old people now. They're grandparents <laughs> primarily. Take care of them. So they're basic. I mean, I don't have power of attorney over my parents yet, but you know, yeah. it's pretty much imminent. Right. So well, it's right. Should, it's right around the corner. They're not even going to be able to think. Right. And out so. of uh, I have a half sister, but out of me and my that's older. But my my younger sister and I, I'm the older sibling and the male and head of my household. And then my parents are now relegated to the realm of old senile grandparents. And so I'm pretty much in charge of my family now. So it's a huge promotion for me now that, you know what I mean? Generationally, I mean, I'm pretty much point. I'm run, you would I run never, point on my family now. Like so. you would never let Georgia stay with your parents without your supervision nowadays, right? Yeah, they're too old. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I don't even know if they should drive anymore. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> they can hardly see. Right. Now, when you get nice, so they you've immediately been to, got a downgrade in driving ability. Right. And I got an upgrade right. in, in family status. Yeah. As soon as your grandma died, you started looking at uh, caretakers for your mom and right. dad, right? Right. Oh, I was thinking yeah, I could to. transition them right into the same old folks home, but I don't think they want to. I was going to try and get a hold on the room still. Yeah. Like, keep it. Yeah. Just keep it rolling. <laughs> but in, it in is, seriousness, it is. I do think 
you know, I'm all about eliminating natural biases. That's a good way to think. Right. And I am certain that there is a natural bias, uh, a generational bias that, that makes people, um, what I'm saying facetiously here, you're always too slow taking over for the older generation. That is the 10, well, she wants to live in her house. Well, it's her money. Like it, it's seen as the yeah. younger generation trying to grab inheritance or seize power or whatever, stuff like that. But it's, but really the tendency always makes it to where the parents probably should have stepped in usually a few months or a few years earlier than they do. Do you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, and, I, I agree. And I'll go one step further than that and say, I believe inheritance should skip a generation too, because now, I'm not saying my grandparents have a lot of, of inheritance and, or anything like that, but I don't even know. But if they do, it should skip my parents and go to me as the person. You know what I mean? Because yeah. when, when you get to be 60 years old and your parents, you know, die, you should be pretty set up financially in your life at that point anyway, right? That's the time right. when you should finally have it together. So you don't need an influx of cash, do you? But right. the grandkid generations probably in their younger years being, you know, 20 in their twenties and thirties, and they probably could use the money. So I think all inheritances should skip a generation. So, well, well, something super interesting that is really true is my, just in my family alone, all, uh, the remaining grandparents, my mom and dad and Jess's mom all live in very large houses alone as well. And Mm -hmm. I just keep thinking like, wow, I mean, obviously I'm not trying to kick them out and I know they're comfortable there and they work their whole life and earned all that stuff. But it's just interesting. Like, they probably don't even need that much. Like, why does somebody need a, like, we are living in, in smaller houses than all of them, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we have three kids. And so it's just interesting that you, there is a sentimental, uh, I'm, I'm a grandma, I'm a grandpa, and I, you know, I worked hard and I, I deserve this. But it's just, it is crazy. And things are going to change to where at some point people are going to go, well, shoot, yeah, we can't afford, uh, you know, to send our grandparent to this. I mean, think about all the money it costs, Matt, for your three grandparents that were in like what, 24 hour care. Oh, it was crazy. And, and yeah, there's yeah. Going, Joey, your grand, your grandma right now. And I'm just like, man, at some point people are going to go, well, I might as well just accept that money and have them live with me. And it's just, a weird it'll thing. be, it'll be hard, well, but you just do it. It's a weird well, thing. Here's the thing is, Mama Jean might be a little different. Well, so. Mama Jean has zapped all of the money that she was going to give to her kids. It's, it's all gone. And if you take Mama Jean in her right mind and ask, hey, if you have a choice, do you want to live in a home and all of your kids' inheritance money is gone, that would have killed her. It would have destroyed her. It would have destroyed Joe. You're 100% right. Like, she would have rather said, look, leave me in a room. Right. And if I end up dying, I would rather rather that. That's true, though. Because think I mean, about it, how frugal yeah, your I grandparents' agree. generation were. My grandfather yeah. was the most, he, he did everything he could to not spend money. Right. And, and he wound up saving hundreds of thousands of dollars that he eventually paid people to wipe his butt with. Right. Figuratively, if not right. literally, at the end of his life. And he would have been devastated to know that's what all his savings went to. But you know what I mean? Like, and that's fine. It's his, I don't care about that but I, that is a, that is the way it goes because they work so hard to save their money and you waste it and you know I think if you really think about it and people criticize the way we treat old people now but I right. I don't know what you're supposed to do I don't have any answer for it but it's it's been said and listed or 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 named that it might be one of the horrors of civilization when we look back like we look back on slavery or whatever and and I think it might be one of the things where you go back man what they were the way they were handling elderly people in that day yeah. was was 
was barbaric or archaic. Are you talking or, or, about like retirement homes? Yeah, just the way we shun them or push them out. I don't really know. I mean, like it, it's hard to, to, you know, same as I think with factory farming and with meat and stuff like that. That'll be another thing. It's like they were doing that but to the yeah, end. Right. Like how would they, why were they, why did they think that was okay? Oh, you ship. But I don't, I don't have any better solutions, but that may be a mark on us, uh, you know, historically, I think. Yeah, I mean, how, 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 how horrible is it? You work your entire life and you're told, oh, you know, when I get old, that's when I rest and retire <laughs> and that's when I'll really live. And so you missed your whole yep. years while you were young only to be said, okay, now you live with somebody that you don't know at all who's a nurse and in this apartment room until you die. That's right. And Like that just sounds horrific. Like that doesn't sound fun for me. I promise you. That does not sound fun for me. I'm telling everybody right now, if I make it to 85 years old, I pray that there's some kind of thing where I do just crazy stunts and risky, uh, you know, things to where if I die, at least I go out living, man. Instead, I cannot imagine just waking up and watching TV and not having any friends <laughs> and then having to leave there because the money's a little weird and I, mm-hmm. this place is too expensive. But, you know, the place that we can afford isn't that good, but, you know, that's all we can do. That is sound, it does sound awful. It sounds like I'm some gonna, kind hey, of prison camp or I'm something. Gonna You're tell, right. I'm going to tell my kids to put me in an airplane for, like, a skydiving <laughs> deal when I'm, like, 88, and then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get on the inside and figure out how someone can give me a parachute that doesn't work. And so basically, they push well, me out well, of the airplane. You, you could to, to always do, just, you know, not pull the ripcord. Yeah, but yeah, be. but what if I'm senile enough to not? <laughs> a way you can't back out of it. Yeah, I like it. Exactly. So it will so, look like a tragedy, and it won't. You know, there you go. Totally. totally. I'm sure. I guess everybody in their right mind, especially older people like my like my dad or somebody, say, "Yeah, you wait till you're that yeah, age. You exactly. You yeah, aren't going to yeah. want to die. It sounds so, nice watching TV right. and relaxing. I go. <laughs> so I get it, but it just it does seem depressing. Like think about this. I went when I was working at Seacoast. I went for three years to a nursing home and all that happened was they just died. Yeah. There was never, there was never a different day. They are locked in there. They don't know the code to get out. They They are definitely locked in. You're right. If, if one family member comes and visits, they have some time with the family member. That's just like jail. I mean, mean, that's it. Like your, your daughter comes and maybe there was, I, I think there was one lady that you know, you the only time you get to leave is for a doctor's appointment. I, just, yeah, I think there's grim. a lot of parallels to jail. Then you die. The, the other parallel to jail is uh, rampant sex. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and, and drug use, and toilet, drug use, toilet right. wine, right? <laughs> toilet wine. <laughs> <laughs> so, Toby, are you volunteering at your new church, or do you have a new church? Have you you've been visiting churches? Have you nailed it down yet? Okay. Yeah, so, we want to update after last week. What'd you do? Well, <laughs> you didn't just skip. <laughs> I tried to, so, okay, I got a few updates here. One, uh, all, all my steroids ran out, and I'm waiting to see the infectious disease doctor, and so my, uh, assuming what I have is Rocky Mountain Spotted Fever is, like, kind of coming back, and I'm just itching and miserable. It's been just uncomfortable. I'm always scratching. It's gotten worse. Yeah, so that's horrible. So I'm just not feeling that great, and I'm still, like, gotten okay. your anus yet? No. That's good. But it's close. Very close. <laughs> <laughs> so, um. I didn't really want to go to church. I was trying to talk like act even sicker than I was and try and talk Jess out of it, but we went. And so, I, I mean, we, <laughs> the, I'll just tell people what I thought, what I called it. Cause I, okay. So I heard about this pastor, his name's Stan. Uh, and I forget his last name, but, uh, so I listened to him online before we moved. Like this guy is just a phenomenal preacher, teacher, 
just awesome, right? But this church has gone full inclusive with LGBTQ community, right? Mm-hmm. So just, I mean, completely like you can, uh, you can serve, you, you know, uh, I think you can even hold staff positions, maybe even pastor positions. So that is their stance, which I thought was really interesting. And you can read about it online. They're in Franklin here. But um, so they took a big hit. And I was like, this is really interesting. So I was like, well, let's go to the gay church, you know. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I was like, let's try this out because I think this will be really cool. So and last week I talked about, you know, the church just shunning men and and like it just kind of feels like it's emasculated men and turn men off and men don't care. And they're just looking at their phones for something entertaining or interesting because the actual church service is so boring. And I was like, well, you know, and what's really bad is all, uh, so many females bring their families to church and all the struggle and, you know, they don't even get to preach or anything. And so this week, female pastor. Oh, you found a, so you, yeah, yeah, you did a 180 from last week then. Yeah. And and so here's what's, that's what uh, you've been looking for is a female pastor. Exactly. So the, but I'll get to this in a minute, but the number one thing I realized, no matter what sex you are, if you feel like you should preach, just don't. (laughs) Nobody, (laughs) nobody that wants to be a, Preaching should, I think. It just almost seems like no way. So, okay. Wait, so we you're, walk- you're saying if you're naturally attracted to the role, don't do it? Don't do it. Yeah. If, if you like go, you same know- as I say, cops should not be allowed to be cops and youth ministers <laughs> ought not be allowed to be youth ministers. They have to flip flop roles. 100%. Yeah. If, you, if you want to be president, don't be president. Like, no right. matter what, don't be a pastor. Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter if you're a male, female, whatever you identify as. If you think I need to get up there, don't. That you did. You're that already is, disqualified by being that's attracted your to the clue. Role. Yeah. That's your biggest clue. Like <laughs> that you should like do that. it. So, yeah. so we walk in, and I promise you, I grew up in the very deep South. It was the most congreg like congregating together of gay people I've ever been around in my life. We like, used to most. live in Seattle, though. I mean, we sat beside two lesbians. There was there was a uh, two gay guys right in front of us, and I, and here's what was crazy. It was beautiful. Like, like I don't use those. I don't use those words a lot. But it felt so welcoming. Like I was like, man, this is pretty awesome. Like talking about I mean, the gay like, love. Yeah, like there was there was two lesbians beside us with their arms around each other. I was like, that is so amazing that they feel so comfortable and welcome in church uh-huh. because every church I've ever been to, they would not feel that way. That right. that's really true. They would not feel welcomed, and I always thought that was just horrific. Like it, even if you're really against uh, homosexuals or you think they have an agenda wouldn't you want them to be in church? Like, like why would, why would you not want them to come to church unless they stop being gay? I always thought it was the stupidest thing. So really it, it felt walking in. I was like, man, this feels maybe heavenly. Like it's pretty awesome. These people from all different walks, mm-hmm. all different, you know, the sexualities that they identify as or are people that they are in love with or whatever. I was like, man, this is really beautiful. And I was, I, so I was immediately felt welcomed and like, whoa, this is pretty cool. Like, it, and, and I will say it was bizarre. It was strange, like for me, you know what I mean? Like I didn't, I had never that been, you felt that way. No, that I'd never been around that. I'm saying it, okay. it, it, it did feel a little, it was very new. You know whoa. what I mean? There's, to a, me, there's a thing go, going on with that. Reality is very I, new. I, it's a very I mean, new I, thing. No, it's not. Yeah, it's but, brand new. But, it just came out now. It, but but, but it, it is the same thing though with transgender and bathrooms. It's, it, okay, I, I can promise you, you've been to church with tons of gay people before. Oh, for sure. And yes, people. There's been no, but that's, unlimited amount of people of cross gender in the bathrooms constantly. You just didn't oh, totally. know, didn't know it. I mean, right. you know what I mean. It's the same. Well, thing. What I'm saying now, is, at least they can yeah. be what do what they want to do. And it, yeah, whatever. but my point. But my point is, it was really cool that they felt comfortable to be who they were. And didn't feel judged yeah. and like, I need to hide this. Or, hey, we're just friends. Because, you know, 
uh, the, we, we all, I've had tons of gay friends. So still the, do. But the people they at the it, other churches that you, their identity. the people so, at the other churches that you've been to would say they're flaunting it. Oh yeah. However, yeah, yeah. Though, for sure. Which, how but, that would be stated. But I, but I would say it wasn't flaunting. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like it was just natural. Like it was just people saying, you know, regardless of what you believe, they just say that, that they love each other and they're just being natural. Just yeah. like I put my arm around Jess, the lesbians beside me put their arms around each other. It wasn't, there wasn't a need to call it out or talk about yeah. it or even it was just I'm just saying it was a unique thing for me to go to a church like that. So also the uh, a lady got up, uh, you know, and was just so articulate and well-spoken and communicative. And it was really funny, Joey. She did the announcements and I was like, she is so much better at announcements than Joey and I ever was. <laughs> like, like, like Joey doing announcements is always a little bit uncomfortable. And he says an awkward <laughs> joke. And I go, oh, I always like, oh, I had to, maybe I have to say something. Or you hear Priscilla, his wife, do the uncomfortable laugh. So everybody <laughs> knows that was a joke. And this lady just did a killer job. And then she ended up preaching. And once again, awesome. I well, mean, wait, I just. Why are you saying she shouldn't, people that want to preach shouldn't preach? Right. So let me get to that. Uh, well. I would say the the problem that turned me off was her message. I was like, okay, this is the one chance. I'm at church, and if, if this is a Christian church, this is the number one time. Just teach me about Jesus. And I, I was sitting, and it just didn't happen. It was a great feel-good message, and it was about you and being able to accept yourself and let go of some stuff. And all that stuff's feel-good, but, but that's like self-help. Like Jesus, uh, Christianity is based on a person. Like uh-huh. the way to Christianity is through a person. That's what Seth, that's what, I mean, regardless if you believe it, I'm not trying to convert anybody or whatever, but it is about Jesus. It is about who he is, what he has done, how he transforms us and all this stuff. And You're I just saying she was a good orator. She's a great speaker and, and a great, I'm, and I'm sure maybe that was just, maybe that, maybe there's other times that it's not that way, but I was just like, this is my first time at this church and I just wish I was learning something. It, not uh, more than just about me yeah. and, and focusing on me and thinking about me and spending time on me. Like, I just don't want that. Like if I don't need it, that's what yeah. I'm saying. Why would I go spend all this time? I've worked at two mega churches. My grandfather was a pastor. I have been to every church. It seems I've probably been to a thousand churches. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> this is unbelievable. And I don't know shit about Jesus. Like I still don't, I know a lot about me and, and my brokenness and how I need repair and all this stuff. But I'm just saying like, it would be good just to just teach that. So I was, I guess I was a little frustrated. I was like, man, how is this lady such an awesome speaker? And her message was really detailed and well-spoken. And she had so many awesome quotes and just delivered it really well. And I still was like, damn it. It, um, is it just doesn't matter. I mean, it, maybe, it, maybe it just doesn't matter. Maybe we really live in a day and age where church is about us. And that well, just, I that a, makes me feel well, shit. That, that's definitely, it's definitely the Western culture that we live in. Yeah, I mean, maybe I'm talking about evangelicals. Sure. I mean, yeah. even, I even, know. even how parents are raising their kids is, is the same thing. It's so person centered and don't offend, have high self-esteem. I mean, that's just, that's just the culture that we're living. Mm-hmm. I think the church is a good, actually a very good representation of where our culture is at as far as the self-centeredness. Well, I was trying to get my head around what you were talking about last week, Toby, and I thought about it right. a little bit this week. It seems like the setup or the, your criticism from where you went last week and stuff we talk about a lot is that yeah. it's saying that the pastor is the and the sermon and the services that the church provide are there to help you that needs help because you're you need help and that's why you're here. 
And we right. see that across all everything, self-help gurus, Scientology, every, I mean, that's prevalent in every, yeah. it's just all over the place. If you do a thing where you empower people and self-help them, they will follow you. Right. So you're yeah. saying Christianity has done that. And it's almost to me, what occurred to me when thinking about Jesus this week is that might be a trick. Cause you were on to say, and you said something last week about, no, you're, you're fine. Like just like, isn't there maybe an aspect of Jesus or anything that's like a big brother was like, no, you're why get up, wait, you know, you're fine. Move on. This is yeah. not, you don't need to just wallow that you need help and here's the way and I am the way. When they say I'm the way, it comes across like this church and these programs and this message is the way. That's what you need to help you. And that is a, that's a dangerous thing. That's what, yeah, that's I think, what I, everything else is. But hang on a second. I would say, what about this? Most of the people that encountered, I don't know who you think you are when you read the Bible, but maybe most of the people that Jesus encountered were like, yeah, you're fine. They need help. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like that's right. different than, oh, like every person in church is not the woman at the well or the woman who was bleeding or or the guy that had a demon. That's not everybody that Jesus met. Maybe 99% of people, and we think that, and so we're here to help this and that, but maybe we're all fucking fine and go help other people, you idiots. Yeah. Right. Like maybe that's what we should be saying. Well, here, here's right. what's happening. Yeah, I agree. And here And here's why that's happening is the people sitting there on Sunday mornings they actually do need help, but they need help because the church is keeping them in a place of Hobble needing help, them. like Toby's yeah. always said. And it's the, the reason why the church is is keeping them there. I don't think it's like intentional, <laughs> like, hey, we're going to keep them there. But the church says, hey, we don't want to offend. Like, we don't want to make them uncomfortable. And sometimes people just need an ass kick, like like you just I'm just described. saying, I'm not, I'm not, I'm, yeah, somebody just had a miscarriage last week in the audience. I understand that. But here you go. Congregation, let me tell you something. Y'all are fine. Go help other people. Right. That's I, maybe that's more of what we ought to. I mean, that doesn't you know maybe doesn't fill the seats or get the donations up. You know, but whatever. That that that's what occurred to me in reflecting on. Well, what well here's what I realized was it, okay. I have to acknowledge that there are so many people with great gifts, right? Like this this lady, and even even the pastor. Some of the other pastors I've seen that I, you know I'm just busting their balls or cutting cutting up a little bit, but. They do have great gifts, but I don't, why do we have it wrong? Your self-help stuff, like like churches are real big on the small group stuff. That is where self-help, talking about yourself, actually, hey, I'm here's where I am, man. This is going on. Like we did have a miscarriage. My wife and I are going through a rough time or, you know, our finances or whatever. Like in your small group setting, that's where that comes alive and you actually get the help. In the church setting, just talk about Jesus so that you learn something and go, well, this is what Jesus did. Here I am in a yep. real situation in my small group. Like, why are we revert? What, what is the point of it? Like, why would I spend two hours once a week sitting there going, I'm just, I don't, what, uh, you're just talking about me? I did that this whole week. Like, yeah. just, just give me some information, man. And here's the worst part, and this is going to blow y'all's mind. <laughs> y'all know me. I'm a glutton for punishment. I somehow stumbled upon uh, old Mark Driscoll's church in Arizona, and I watched his first sermon. You're like, it's, it's like, sermon. it's like your whole yeah. social media must be people that you dislike that you follow just because you dislike. I must them. Is, like is that them, you? Is I that think you? I must. I think I dislike people so much that I like them or something. Like Stephen Furtick, I, I like I just. But so, and and Mark Driscoll just killed it, boy. That sermon was so good. <laughs> I mean, I was just so mad. I was just sitting there going, "Man, this guy's awesome." And they're just, I can't totally. I mean, everything is there except for I don't quite trust this. It's it's such a good package and everything. What was it about? I can't, 
it was about first John. And he just, I mean, that's what I'm saying. That dude opens up the Bible. Like, I mean, he just does it. It just, I, I mean, he just goes, I'm going to teach about Jesus. Jesus is the, the centerpiece. He's the reason why we're yeah. here. So let's spend this time talking about him. That's all I'm saying. I, I'm people are in trouble. People do need help, all that stuff, but you don't need to hear about that every week. Cause you already know it. You know, yeah. you need help. You know that where you're broken. I mean, it, the thing is, you know what really bothers me is if you really listen, anytime somebody is, is successful, it's always the simplest thing that you know already. How did you get in such good shape? Well, I ate good and I worked out. It, that's always the answer. It's not appeal. It's not that. How did you make your money? Well, I didn't spend a lot of it and I worked my ass off. Right. I mean, it's, it's always the, always the simplest thing. So, yep. so what is this big need for an, you know, a sermon every week to tell you, hey, you're broken. You well, need let, to spend me, time on you. Yeah. That, I'm just saying that's just that's just a waste of time. It's a let waste of time. You, let me ask y'all this. I mean, I think almost all pastors and all church leaders and you guys and me would all agree that in real life, sometimes people need sympathy and hey, everything's going to be okay. Individuals, but yeah. But some, yeah, but sometimes in real life, people need tough love. Right. So why wouldn't it be in church on Sunday mornings? Hey, you know what? Today. We're just going to have to go after people. Uh, sure, there's some people broken and they need to be comforted, but we're not going to do that today. Today, we're just going to be pretty hardcore and abrasive for the people that need that. I mean, everybody doesn't need to be comforted and pat on the back every single Sunday. So, And, I, and I just, why do we have such an aversion to that? Why is that considered bad? Because like, we no, want I mean, people you know to I mean? come back. We want people to come I know, back. I, I know. So that means that what we're really saying is, hey, we want you to come back because we got to pay for this. And, and that's what I hate. That's what I hate the most is the truth is like getting your ass kicked sometimes is really a good thing. Right. It is good. Like I hate the way we, we view pain these days. Like pain is just avoid it. It's so horrible. It's the worst thing in the world. It is needed. I mean, you, you are wrong. Sometimes you do deserve to be corrected. Sometimes you're not right. You, you, you have a part in your life. So I know I know that people are sinned against and hurt, but don't you can't live there or that's what owns you. So that's based the, on everything you're saying, what you want is a woman preacher that will hand your ass to you and criticize everything you do. I know just the woman. <laughs> ooh, you're, ooh, man. Your wife. Bridget Carter is your <laughs> ultimate pastor. Get her ordained. <laughs> Good Lord. No, but I but here's the thing. The church was so neat and cool. We're definitely gonna go back. I, yeah. I just it was just like, whoa, what's going on? I was just looking, and the music was great and fun. Yeah, I'm sure everything It was really neat. Was I mean, it was just so, very, so very where, cool. So would you, where are you at as far as the the gay issue when it comes to the church? Would you, you would pretty much just settle on the fact that the church does a sucky job not embracing, end it there. I, I would say I never want to talk about it, and it couldn't matter less. Yeah, like, I, it, it, like, it is just like, it's just talking about, Gay people coming to church or not is the worst conversation, most boring, dumbest thing in the world. Yes. Thank you, Every, Jesus. A, everybody comes and we'll figure it out. I'm not gay and they're not straight. <laughs> so <laughs> well, you what, got what, it. What, what, do I, what do I need to figure out? What do I need to really wrestle with? I'm just saying it just doesn't matter. I like was, it does <laughs> not matter. I was thinking how, how funny it must be now. Like, th is it just silence out there? Like, they got the gay marriage now, and everything's totally fine, right? <laughs> like, it's just quiet. Like, it just, yeah. 
nothing bad happened anywhere at I, all in any way. Right? I had a uh, like. Is that yeah. will, will that ever be brought up that everything's a hundred percent fine? No. <laughs> yeah. It's just it's just so dumb. Like, like I, I just I thought that's what I'm saying. I loved walking into a church where I really felt everybody's welcome, and it really was come as you are. You know yeah. what I mean? Like come as you are. Like you you might be a hardcore conservative. You might be you know, very liberal. You might be straight. You might be gay. You might be black. You might be white. Come on. Come on in. That, that's where I want to start. We can talk about the stuff when it comes up, but why do I need to address that first? Like, what right. in the world do I need to address homosexuality for when I don't even know your name? Right. I don't, I mean, what, what in the world? It's, it's crazy. So overall, very neat, unique experience. We're, we'll go back and check it out. I hope Maybe that was just a, you know, a message that, you know, and like I said, the lady was great. Maybe she, it was just, she felt called to do that, but it seems like most people do these, this day and age when they get in the pulpit, they're going to talk about you and tell you how bad things are, but that you're loved. I'm like, well, last, okay. Uh, but I mean, the last guy that I had on pastor with no answers and the most recent episodes, a guy named Matt Myers, who was in youth group with me. And I was thinking about some of the stuff that he said, because he basically says, he would still be a Christian to this day if the church that we grew up in embraced him mm -hmm. after he came out of the closet. And he doesn't even mean, hey, your gay lifestyle is okay. Just embrace, love, hugged him. But basically, when he came back to the church, people were saying things behind his back. His peers were slamming, running in rooms and slamming doors and saying stuff. And so he was just like, I turned my back on it all because of that. And I would say for the for the aspect of the church that leans a little more towards free will and people making their decisions and are influenced by people, they have to take responsibility for that. Like what he experienced at our church in Charleston, South Carolina, those people have to take responsibility for where they see him at, which they say is a sinful lifestyle and he's turned his back on God. But it's just, it's just crazy. I mean, I, I hope, I, Matt, you always say when we look back on certain times, we're going to be like, oh my gosh, that was so, so archaic. I hope we get to a point as a church where we look back on how the gay community has been shunned and we're just like, man, that was archaic. Very high likelihood of that one too. Yeah, yeah. for sure. That one, factory farming, uh, old folks. I've got another one. What's the other one I say is that way? There's a bunch of stuff like that. It seems like there's not really any way around it. I think probably just American wealth has got to be one. Oh, like sex yeah. Before, yeah. Sex before marriage. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Toby, your podcast, episode one. Oh, wait, nice transition, Bam. Joey. <laughs> My podcast. Hey. I just talked about mine, <laughs> your podcast. Yes, Unstoppable Badass. The Unstoppable Badass came out this week, guys. What's and it, it is, on the charts? It was like no, it, in the top 20 of comedy already. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's doing good. So, yeah, everybody listening, please go subscribe, tell a friend, write a good review. I sure would appreciate it. I'm trying to get breakthrough into the top 10 and get up there. And, and it isn't in, in comedy. It's really tough. There's a lot of good comedy podcasts out there. So, um, yeah, it's been a long time coming. I think I mean, some people I, don't get it, Toby. Do I don't get the podcast? Yeah. Like why? Well, because you got, you know, the bad Christian podcast where we do this and we right. clown around a little bit. And then we have the pastor with no answers where they actually really get through a lot of Christianity stuff. Right. And then what is Break it? it that you do? Yeah. But, but yours is like way, like, I think some people think, how is that edifying to the body yeah, no, I, <laughs> or something like that? You I know? think once they get past the shock of how different it is from everything else they've gotten from the three of us, I, I don't see how people aren't going to like no, it. No, I know. I just love it because I love when somebody doesn't get it. I just think, oh, 
you know, they, they just don't have any category for where to put it, which is what I love <laughs> about it. Because I think all the best art and all the best creative stuff, when you first hear it, you're like, what am I experiencing right now? Which leads a lot of people, which is how that podcast is. And it makes a lot of people say, well, I don't like it, right. you know, because I like uh, National Treasure with Nick Cage. So, right, of course, right. I don't like it dude, when I see Requiem for a Dream. What is this? I don't like it. But if you dude. think about it, you go, wait a second. Well, you know, what? what is this? Is it silly? Is it dumb? Is it funny? Is it okay for me to laugh? I, it's Matt, just awesome. That is, that is perfect because the exact feeling that I got while listening to Toby's Unsolvable Badass is the same feeling that I'm listening to when, it, like, it's a new indie rock album back in the day. Yep. Like, when I first yeah, started getting that music and I'm like, Oh, there's something about this that I can't stop listening to, but I don't know if I, I like, like it. it. Yeah, all right. <laughs> but right. I gotta start. I gotta keep listening, and then it became my favorite album Absolutely. because it was just it hooked you. So Toby's like the indie rock of of podcasts, right? It's now. definitely all, like some kind of alternative thing. Comedy. I mean, it's watch like, out, you know. watch out, Joe Rogan. Well, see, well, but I, Joe Rogan, these other podcasts, even in comedy, are aren't they aren't i mean this toby's essentially doing sketch comedy in audio form it's like kids in the hall or something is there anybody else doing that yeah there are but it's but even when you go through comedy you're still hearing a lot of long form talk and that's not what toby's doing he's doing comedy sketches and bits as a solo show it's pretty it's pretty uh unique in what it is it's really hard and yes i'm pushing the limits here's the deal i my brain the way it works and what i think's funny is sometimes super low bar and sometimes very high bar and you might feel uncomfortable. Like there's going to be some bits that I've done where I almost was just deleted it. Cause I was like, I don't know if I can take people yeah. here and it's <laughs> going to get really, it's going to get crazier. Like the first episode's very tame and it just, it, <laughs> make, <laughs> it makes me so excited. Like it, some of the people I've showed some of the other stuff to, they're like, oh, are you really going to put that out? Right. Like it was, it, it was just, it's really funny. And so I am just so excited because, yeah, I want to I want to be able to push the limits and and see what I can say and see what I can do. And it, it be for comedy and it be for funny reasons and all that stuff. So, yeah, I've been super happy so far. Most people have, have said really nice things yeah, yeah, to me. Of course. But but um, yeah, I think it will. Some people will be like I saw I, I've already read my iTunes comments and one guy was like, man, this is like mostly comedy. I, I thought it was going to be all music sad and i was like okay i mean it's under comedy and there is music and the music part's really fun like was that a people, real music submission yeah yeah awesome. I, yeah so I, there there'll be music submissions from you know real bands real people that send in their stuff and then i just kind of work on their music a little bit and then um you know kind of give them some crap and then try to give them some good tips too to improve it and then sometimes i will give songs that i'm working on just ideas and stuff and it's all just trying to give it away um, and letting people do what they want. But so far, I'm really excited, man. I've, I've been kind of blown away by how much people have been listening and responding in good ways uh, about it. But um, I, yeah, it's it's a lot. Like, it, it has taken a long time to get to this out and figure out what it is. <laughs> yeah, well, I, you know, congratulations on having it out. But I'd suggest to you as an art consumer, whoever yeah. out there, when you're consuming art, you you have the ability to travel with the creator in a boundary-breaking place like i mean you know what i mean like that's the one of the exciting things about art is you can just you know you can empathize with the creator and say man yeah i'm gonna expand my mind i'm gonna go out here with him and see what how it makes me feel and you can be excited with toby that it's doing something different or neat or is he uncomfortable or is it uncomfortable and is it bad is it good you get to kind of i mean that's a fun thing as an artist especially in a medium like this to be able to travel down the road 
and you know you don't have you don't have a producer you don't have a boss right. you don't have a network you don't have anything it's just you're just putting stuff out there so of course it's going to cross lines that you don't know and some that you do and that's part part of the fun thing about independent creation i think it always should be favored and supported and some of the independent creations that you're checking out right now that you're not even sure if you like or if you think they're bad they might get good that's the other crazy thing about independent music art film whatever it might get good. You might be decent now and great later. Like, and you get to be a part of that as a listener. I love it. It's great. Well, thanks, guys. I'm very excited about it. Okay, what are we going to do? Take a break? Yeah, it's probably about that time, isn't it? Yeah, I believe it is. Folks, I got to right. tell you something. This is some information to you. Now, th- this is true, and I want you to just think about it for a second. Every 13 seconds, there's a home burglary, okay? So I know there's a lot of people in the country but if you think about it that way, it's only a matter of time before it's you. And if it's not, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's either going to be you or it's going to be somebody else. So if you're smart, sure, you will take whatever preventative measures for when the burglar comes up to your house, he chooses to move on. And let me tell you what I think the best method of that is. It's not a good door lock. It's not an alarm that once they break the window, then it goes off. It's before any of that happens, when they go up to your house, and even in broad daylight, they see that you have a ring video doorbell. Now, if you were a criminal, you were somebody that was trying to break into somebody's house, and you walked up to the front door, Joey, and they had a ring video doorbell, do you break into that house or do you maybe go next door? Well, probably I don't know what that is. And I'm like, that thing looks high tech. I'm probably yeah. on camera right now. I'm running. That's right. It's obvious Definitely. that it's a camera. Now, that's not the especially, only thing. Especially when Matt Carter starts talking to me saying, who are you? Exactly. What are you doing at yeah. my door? Yeah. So and now if you had, let's say, yeah. I mean, so there's there's lots of reasons that it's great other than that. But that's a that in itself is good enough. Now, the thing actually happens to be amazing and functional. I installed mine on my house. They sent it to me. The thing is great. So anytime, and it's motion sensor. So anytime somebody walks up to my door, in or out, a babysitter, wife, UPS delivery man, whatever, I get an alert on my iPhone, even if I'm down at the coffee shop and I it says somebody's at your door, I look at it, I see the UPS man walk there, put the thing down and walk away. And I say, okay, all clear. And I know, you know, get that thing off the front porch. Now, if somebody bad came up to the door, I would see it and I would have it recorded on video. So it's amazingly good. Or if somebody comes up to the front door and I'm not home because I'm running late, I say, oh, I can talk to them two-way. So I'm looking at them on video and I can talk to them. I say, hey, hang on. I'll be home in eight minutes. Please don't leave. Uh, Cable repairman, let's say, is at my front door. So it can save you a ton of time. It can save you a ton of money. It can make sure your packages don't get stolen. It can keep your house from being broken into. It's been a really, it's been a great, a great thing here at our house. I love I love it. It makes me feel more secure when I'm on tour. Can see my family going in and out of the house when they come and go. It's great. So for a limited time right now, our listeners to this podcast can get up to $150 off a ring of security kit. So not only is there a front door doorbell, but they have other uh, chimes that will ring in your house when people come by and cameras that you can monitor other parts of your property with. Uh, so Ring of Security Kit is great. So go to ring.com forward slash bad Christian right now and join the millions of homeowners who protect their home with Ring. So that's ring.com forward slash bad Christian for up to $150 off your kit. Ring.com forward slash bad Christian. Dang. Hey, Toby, when I 
became a pastor, my mom actually forked out the money for me to go to Belk and get a new suit. And I had to be, I was there for a very long time. The dude took a handful of measurements and honestly, eh, I wasn't that happy. It was kind of baggy. It wasn't that stylish. And here we've been introduced to Indochino and they take 14 measurements. It probably took about 10 minutes with my wife being able to do it. She's not an expert, but she did it perfectly. And then I get a suit showing up at my house that fits very stylishly. I mean, it's it's perfect. And I didn't even leave my house one time Mm -hmm. for a suit. I mean, we're not talking a shirt. We're talking a suit. So this is Indochino. They've reinvented men's fashion. They've made to uh, they've made to measure. Their made to measure suit is the best suit you will ever ever own, and you can't go wrong with well crafted, hundred percent merino wool suit. And uh, here, here's the thing: we want to tell our listeners this is a money back guarantee, but you're never going to want your money back. But this is unbelievable. Our listeners get any premium suit. That's the best suits for just. $399. That's up mm-hmm. to 50% off. Tailored too, yeah. I, I mean, think about it. You got to, I mean, you're probably in your mid-20s now. It's time to get a suit. You probably, yeah. have, a, you probably have a jacket or you may everybody's have a Everybody's looking. You know. When you go to the wedding with a uh, polo shirt on, everybody's looking at you. It's time, yeah. yeah, it's time to get a suit. Hey, how about this? How many of y'all been on the keto diet like me and lost weight and some old crappy blazer or sport coat or bad suit you had doesn't fit anyway? Treat yeah. yourself. You lost 30 pounds. Get a suit. And these guys, I mean, they're, they're letting you pick your lining, your ad lapels, personal monogram, mm-hmm. and, and more. Awesome. It's unreal. So go to Indochino.com, and then you enter Bad Christian at checkout. The shipping is free. There's no reason not to try your first custom-made suit with a deal this good. So today, our listeners get any premium suit for just $399. That's up to 50% off. Go to Indochino.com. Dot com enter promo code bad christian premium suits $399 free shipping indochino look good your way your look your way our good friends from norma jean and matt you had Corey on your podcast break it down recently yes i did. have a, a new album coming out and we are going to it's called polar and we're going to be playing polar a new, similar yep and we're going to be playing a new single off of that called synthetic sun this is their seventh Jacob. record Woo. Dang. That's great. 
That's a, that's an good. awesome track. Yeah, we did that on the podcast. We talked about that one. It's called Synthetic Sun. And we did have a typo in our notes here. The album is called Polar Similar, though. It's their seventh record. They've got a, uh, a big a big tour coming up in, in the fall in the first few days of September. So keep an eye out on their socials for that. Uh, I mean, we've done tours with Norma Jean before, and I, which has been awesome. But to tell, tell you the truth, we saw Norma Jean. Toby and Joey and I saw Norma Jean play when they were ludicrous and have been fans of Norma Jean <laughs> since they first existed for, you know, 14, 15 years ago. We were watching them play before we were even writing music and uh, still a crazy band. Um, amazing chemistry, uh, people we know well. And again, I always want you guys to support Tooth and Nail artists and uh, bands in our scene. It's worth doing. Stream it. Yeah, but just buy it. Pre-order it, get it. It's just the way to go. I mean, you're never going to be sad that you spent $8 on a Norma Jean record. Trust me. That is true. It's out September 9th, by the way. And you can go to solidstate.merchnow.com and normajean.merchdirect.com. Yep. Get your double vinyl. Get your merch packages. You are not going to want to miss this record. Hey, you know what else you're not going to be upset about spending $8 on? What, What, buddy? Except a $7, a digital copy of my book. You know who is well, going to be upset? let's not make it a commercial, Joey. Let's just get <laughs> yeah. back into the let's show. Let's just talk you, about it. You know who is going to be upset? Me. Listen, Hey, listen to this. I sent out a text message <laughs> to a to like every so many people on my contact list, and some of them were people that I've just met like once. Uh, uh, okay, on. Joey, does anybody but, know yeah, what yeah. you're talking about? I know no, some I'm going to no, no, get there. I'm going to get there. No, you stop. You stop. Listen, yeah, why don't I'm you just stop for a second? I'm you, going to get there. Your, your co-hosts co are asking you and begging you yeah. to help I'm, you sell your book. And I'm begging you to just let me get there. Let this me is, get there. So what you're doing right now is why why you had to write the book. So I I sent out a message to all these contacts and basically saying, hey, I wrote a book, like I'm super excited about it, and it's embarrassing, and basically all the little bullet points. But then I was just like, I just sent a bunch of people a message about me writing a book, and one of the things is about how. I was worried that I stunted my penis's growth because of early masturbation. And these are like people, Priscilla's aunts. Oh my. <laughs> Wait, you sent it to everybody in your whole phone list? I sent it to, yeah, just gobs of contact. So that's Wait, one. Why well, sending, okay, you have a book out. We have a massive audience, wildly right? successful. We have eight, hundreds of thousands of people on email lists. I mean, why do you have to send anything to your wife's aunt? What <laughs> well, is she going to do? Does she have a massive social media reach? Or you no, just hoping she'll send you $8? Like, what's going no, on? Because she, she actually asked Priscilla for more information. Like, because Priscilla put something about it on Facebook, but obviously nothing about More information. <laughs> so, and then, I mean, there's just so many things that, like, are in my head now that I just have to get to the point where I just, like, I just don't care. Like, for example... I wrote a whole chapter on college and one thing huge about college is the reason why I went to Winthrop and ended up meeting you guys and meeting my wife is I followed a girl out there who I was dating for like two years and I'm saying probably for the first time, I don't even know if I've been this clear with anybody. There's but maybe a ton of still, stuff in there that I didn't know that I, that makes a lot right. more sense now for like sure. I, I, I did not have romantic feelings for this girl. And I don't, I've never told her that she does. Now she, she's a grown ass woman. She doesn't care. Why would she care? But still some people would be like, wow, that's really disrespectful to put that out there. But it's just crazy. Like all the stuff that I'm exposing that people that were around me 24 seven just had no idea of. So I think, I think everybody might've known something, but just not something to that was extent. Up. Like you've always yeah. been a weirdo. Yeah. I yeah. mean, for sure. You know what I mean? Like you're, you're a strange guy. Nobody would ever accuse you of being normal. Right. But um, right. 
Yeah. So I've been reading the book too, and I'm actually going to be doing your audio book, right? I'd love that, man. I, I'm going to read Joey's book for Joey's audio book. And uh, so I was going to, if it's cool with you, Joey, I've been reading it and uh, preparing for it and stuff. So I, one of my favorite parts, I won't read a whole chapter, but one of my favorite parts is from your witness wear. Uh, in the witness wear chapter. Right, please allow me at least, if anybody's struggling to understand exactly oh, yeah, what yeah. we're talking explain, about, yeah. let me at least explain that Joey Definitely. wrote a book, which I'm sure they've surmised that by now, but the book's about him having OCD, mental illness, and depression, and what happens when you couple that with extreme fundamentalism and Christianity, legalism, and, and stuff like that. So the, the book's called Fundamentalist. And it's uh you know the mental is highlighted. I meant, Joey's a uh, Joey's mental. Yeah, and then and so <laughs> you know then turns youth pastor and pastor. So you know it's a <laughs> bunch of brutal stories that are brutally honest and hilarious uh, about Joey's mental illness. And it's just to me it's a, a breath of fresh air because we we talk about mental illness so much, and m- most of the time it's tied to like all sad things or school shootings and you know these big conversations about how we need to raise awareness. I am so thankful that there's at least one person that's brain is fucked up and we can kind of make fun of him <laughs> with him. That is actually really nice. It's kind of a relief. In the, and I understand why it's a, such a serious topic, but it's nice to bring a little bit of levity to it and for you to tell it like it is and be okay, just be okay with some of the embarrassing stuff. That's what I like about yep. it. Yes, for sure. And it really is interesting. What's funny, Joey, is some of it I feel like does parallel my life. And we grew up so differently and I was probably so much more loose and crazy and all this stuff. And you were really buttoned down because you were so scared of God, honestly. You, know, that, that's, <laughs> you were petrified of God. That's what really was true. But, but I can relate to that a little bit. But what's neat is in this book, I think everybody has a little bit of these thoughts. So it's going to yeah, feel really true. good for people to go, oh, I did think that one time. Or, least, I and, guess I, and I, I'm I got, not as bad as him, at least. Right. That, Thank that God there's too, somebody yeah. like that. I'm, yeah. I'm a good person. <laughs> and you, hey, you guys haven't even read the honeymoon chapter either. I, I later said, I've got to tell people about my honeymoon and just how horrible it was. So that's something you guys, <laughs> <laughs> you guys will be able to read later. <laughs> All right, let's see your witness where. Uh, so this is leading into, or a little bit after, I guess, this is coming from after you've been talking about your life first and how important that was to you and figuring out that. And so it says, this is entitled Witness Wear. Things were often easier with the life verse in mind. Take dressing yourself in the morning as an example. The life verse took the guesswork out of color coordination and matching styles. If I was going to do the right, do the right thing by what I wore, the choice was simple. I had to wear witness wear, you know, a Christian themed t-shirt. When the life verse compelled me, <laughs> that's so funny. When the life verse compelled me to be a witness for Christ, it was clear that Christian tea day was upon me. I had a collection of my own and my dad had a selection in his closet as well. His shirts were a bit more blatant in the gospel message. Days calling for bold witness meant I had to go with the old man's attire. So you would actually wear your dad's shirt when you're like, I got to really press the gospel yeah. today. And, and, that, and that was a compulsion. Yeah, here's what's crazy is sometimes in my head, I would wake up and I'd be like, I'm kind of free to wear whatever I want to wear. But then the times the times when I didn't feel free, I just consider, hey, that's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is telling me wow. I've got to wear some Christian shit today. Wow. <laughs> One of dad's shirts shown a black crucifixion scene on the front. The back read, he was wounded for our transgressions. Another shirt had a close-up of Jesus holding out his nail-scarred hands with the words, who do you say that I am? 
Mine were a bit tamer. For example, a psychedelic depiction of a galaxy with, with the words, in the beginning, God. I was compelled. <laughs> and you, did you think these were cool or you only wore them out of compulsion? Like, did you think this looks awesome? Like, I thought in the, in, in the beginning, God shirt, I was like, if I'm going to wear a Christian t-shirt, I'm going to wear this one because it's pretty badass. Right. I was compelled to wear these shirts because I was surrounded by lost people who needed saving. They needed Jesus. The t-shirts were brilliant. <laughs> Wearing my witness tees spared me the guilt of having sinner's blood on my hands. Wow. But that's not all. Jocks, potheads, pretty girls, ugly girls who are beautiful in God's sight, of course. Sight, of course. Smart dudes, smart girls, class clowns, the friendly and the assholes. They were all going to hell no matter how nice they were. I was God's... <laughs> I was God... How many people... I mean, a rough estimate. How many people did you think were going to hell at James Island Percentage. High School? Percentage. Which- I was God's messenger chosen for my high school. And if spreading the message meant wardrobe requirements, so be it. (laughs) Inevitably, there was always someone who'd mock my shirt. Every time I walked into science class with my in the beginning God shirt, there was a girl in the front row who would say in her most epic Morgan Freeman-like voice, in the beginning. That was her way of calling me a religious weirdo. Did you think that? Like, don't you think she, I mean, do you think she was really bashing on you? Well, that, there's a tie in there. There's another story of a girl that I went out on a date with. And basically she told me she believed in once saved, always saved. And I said, I don't believe that. And then I never asked her out again. And then a year later, I wrote her snail mail saying, hey, you really got to change your ways. That's the same you were girl. Worried. You were That's worried. The sa- That's the same girl. Wow. I mean, so she, of course, she was just like, that is a punk ass bitch like and she's even a christian oh totally i think she's an (laughs) awesome girl i mean i I just like i was i but you thought she was going to go to hell because of a difference in belief of yours i thought i thought if there's a possibility it's not gonna be on me so i'll send her a letter that's the thing that's most insidious about it is a lot of your behavior in the book i think is so abhorrent in that in that way that you just said it almost feels selfish it's like it's not that I care. It's just I don't want it to be on me. Well, here, you know what I mean? It's a, it's yeah, but, just, but, it, but I understand that you're backed into that corner to some degree. Like you have to get that guilt off of you when it's laid on that thick. But a lot of it feels like you're just saying, it's not that I care about people, but I have to take care of me. That's almost right. the way it comes across. Right. But and here and here's the learning thing for people like you is you are absolutely right. And the disgustingness of that, though, is linked to an illness. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, yeah, so I understand. That, that, I don't get to wash my hands and say, oh, it was an illness, so I was an asshole for a good reason. But still, I mean, it wasn't me trying to be, you know, super selfish. But, I mean, Toby, every time the school bell rang for lunch to be over with, I was immediately asking God for forgiveness because I didn't have the guts to go around witnessing to people. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh, Lord. There's so much Joe. in here. There's just so much in there. Thank you for reading that, Toby. I can't wait to hear yeah. your book. I hope you'll stray from the script and react a time or two, and I think it'll make uh, yeah, a really I think good audio book. I, I don't think there's any way I won't be able to react yeah. to <laughs> reading, <laughs> reading this. I'm, I'm kind of... Especially like, the whole chapter on a penis. <laughs> right. I, I really want to get my... I'm going to get my audio set so well because uh, when I read it, I know... No, first time through, I'll probably have to redo it, but I want to at least get my real laughing real reaction, reaction or my shock it, yeah. or horror. I mean, I, I've I've skimmed through the whole book and read several chapters, and it is really intense. I mean, it is a I, I, I guess I would say it's a fun read in a sense that you're like, seriously, what's next? Meet the Fockers. Like, like what's next? It's like like how, it's how like could Ben this Stiller be? uncomfortable. Well, 
Yeah. And I mean, I I better hear a few. Good God. Good Lord. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, but Matt, Matt, you always pitch this pretty well. And I want to say something that Matt typically says when you support books like this Emory book that's coming out and this book that, that I just wrote, it really is going to open more opportunities for other people in Bad Christian to write books that have this level of transparency. And I think it's just good for everybody. So go to to fundamentalistpastor.com and there's all sorts of packages that you can buy right now. Um, We'll send you a chapter right away and then we'll send you some audio chapters as soon as Toby records them too. So you won't have to wait till release day, which I think we've got release coming in something like November. We just had a meeting about it. I think it'll be out, out in November, but you'll be able to read it and get some chapters, and anybody that pre-orders, we're going to continually drip you some more chapters and audio chapters as we yep. as we get them. So, pre-order is the lifeblood of of creative projects these days. I mean, it's 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 important, and we'll try to take care of the pre-order people and give them as much as possible. So, we'll For spend sure. the pre-order time talking about it, but that's really good. Okay, so we can we do a science and a uh, news? What well, we still yeah. got time for those two things, right? Yeah, let's do it. I want to hear. I'm excited about this CRISPR thing. Yeah, this, I, this one's the best. I've got enough stuff here where I'm afraid I can't even get through it all, so we may extend it one more week, but we'll see what happens here. So here I, It was really funny, Matt. Before you start, I actually uh, sat down and uh, we, at dinner. You know, we were doing the family dinner or whatever two nights ago, and I just looked at my kids and was like, you guys don't even understand. You're probably going to live at least 150 years. <laughs> and I, I mean, and I actually believe that. And if they not, may, it's possible. I mean, our grandkids for sure are going to live longer and yeah. that some of the diseases and stuff that we have will be gone. Right. So that's kind of right. interesting. Let's run the music here. I don't even know where to hold the music, but we'll run it for a second here. Astrophysics, chemistry, cellular biology, mathematics, gravitation. Joey, if you heard this song, you would, you would definitely have condemned mass. Yeah. Nice. And Definitely. now it's time for it's going to hell. science lessons for okay. Christians. Because when it comes to science, Christians, Christians are, are stupid. stupid. Okay. So we did, if you missed the last couple of weeks, you got to go back and find the segments we did on CRISPR to uh, explain what it is. It's uh, gene editing. The phrase I'm using for it, which is mine, is like Pro Tools for genetic editing. That's what it is. So, um, all right. So it's like Beat Detective or drum quantizing for gene editing. So they've discovered this uh, archaic kind of uh, immune system in bacteria that they use to fight off viruses where they can cut and edit genes. It's a, it's a, a defense mechanism for bacteria. Uh, and we've found it and we figured out how to use it and program it to do some genetic editing ourselves. So genetic modification of animals and plants and humans has always been something we've been interested in and done, even when our, uh, you know, ways of doing it are super crude. But I explained the mechanisms of how that works in the previous two podcasts. You have to go back and find them. Oh, yeah. Today, I want to get to the actual really exciting, interesting kind of ethical questions that that it brings up. Um, We talked a little bit last week about how it might end disease, that there's 3,000 genetic diseases that are a simple one letter of genetic code being off. And uh, they can program CRISPR and the Cas9 protein down to the level where they can edit single letters in our genetic code. So that's mega crazy. But the technology is still akin to what 
computers were in the 70s. So all the ideas, all the technology, all the possibilities have not been realized yet, but it seems as if it's only a matter of time. So Now, Matt, real, real quick, because I was thinking about this the last time, w- would you say it's safe to assume that the technology for this will increase quicker than what computers did because of technology? Being... Um, I don't know. I mean, a couple of decades, we'll know a lot more, but it's not yeah. going to be two years. I mean, it's going to be it's going to be over the coming couple of decades. We'll know some stuff, but you know, you have to prepare for uh, 10 decades. Like, I mean, you, you know, it's not something we can predict, but we, right. there's some predictions we can make, and that is the resolution and the granularity and the ability to uh, sequence more and learn more. We'll be able to apply the knowledge more and more and more. So it's kind of inevitable the direction it's going, but we don't really know the speed. And like the internet, you wouldn't have, you couldn't have imagined what the things are that we were going to yeah. do, but the, but it is, it's, it's inevitably heading in that direction. So essentially everything you know, everything, the, the problem we left with last week was it could treat uh, you, it could treat your body and eradicate some disease or change your genes. But everything we've discussed so far ends with the person that the, uh, we use CRISPR on or that it treats. So when you die, you're, you know, your kids are just the same. But you can also use CRISPR not only to take maybe Huntington disease out of a person or HIV out of a person or fight cancer in an individual. But what happens if you use it in an embryo or reproductive cells? You're now editing the genetics of that offspring of that in a permanent way. So, you know, if you're, if you're going to do, if you're going to, you know, essentially it's inevitable that we're going to, or approaching modified humans permanently and, and uh, designer babies. I mean, it's just something that that's going to exist and we're most likely going to alter the entire human uh, gene pool and genome. It's, it's almost inevitable that that's going to be affected. Um, you know, like I said, that this technology already exists, and this specific thing of altering embryos and reproductive cells has already been attempted twice. First time it didn't work well. The second time it worked pretty well. It was done in China. So they're already able to try to modify and uh, alter the initial genetic makeup of a human. And wow. so if we do that over time, then it's, it's going to change the whole genetic, the whole genome, human genome itself will be altered uh, pretty much. So um, it'll start slowly. So you can imagine it this way. It'll, it'll start with, uh, oh, there's these fetuses in utero and they have the genetic diseases and we have the ability that that will make them either die or be totally messed up when they're born. We have the ability to fix that. Do you want to? So would you guys do yes. that? Right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because that's pretty reasonable. And some people yeah. may resist it, but some people would say, oh, there's a genetic defect in this fetus that will cause it to die, and it is fixable now. So it'll start slowly like that. But, you know, if that's the case, over time, people will probably, and this is predictive, of course, but people will probably start to say it's inhumane not to end the suffering of a yeah. baby in, in utero that has a genetic thing that you could fix. You could end its suffering and save its life to not do this, right? So, yeah. so normally it seems like the Christians are on the side of, well, you can't alter that stuff. It's for God, or you can't don't do an abortion or don't alter these things. Don't do stem cell research. But in this case, you would think the people that are pro-baby life would be like, well, you have to fix them. We have to do this in order to fix this kid and save his life and end his suffering. It seems like it would be a Christian cause even. Right. Um, and it'll, and then from there, it'll most likely get more and more tempting, wouldn't you think? So now we're talking about, would you eliminate Alzheimer's in your new, just, just if you had the ability to, would you tell the doctor, go ahead and give it whatever it takes to make sure it doesn't get Alzheimer's later in life? Would you go that far? 
Yeah, I would love to do that. I think that would be good for me. Okay. <laughs> well, if that's the case, would you also say, would, it's your offspring, Toby, right? So, and Joey especially, wouldn't you want to give it a better metabolism than you so it doesn't like struggle and be overweight and get diabetes and suffer that way? Well, I would say initially to that question, no, but because of peer pressure and everybody else doing right. it, we've I already, wouldn't want yeah, my we've kid to be behind. Yeah, we've taken it. We fixed uh, Down syndrome and prevented it from having Alzheimer's and hemophilia. We could definitely improve his metabolism, so it's not going to be an overweight person, and that's going to help it live better too. You're in for that, you know. We're doing all this other stuff already, you know. Yeah, I'm just saying yes because everybody else. And is, once and everybody else is doing it, what are you going to have? Changed. The fat kid, you know, like right. that, that's unhealthy. Right. If that, like Toby's parents, right. Said. <laughs> right? And so, I mean, at that point, <laughs> you know, we're talking about, and this is not crazy. Perfect sight. I mean, I had LASIK surgery. Well, why don't you just fix it genetically then, right? Matt, is there any possible way, because I I think the answer to this is no, given the simplicity of of the engineering that you're talking about. Is there any possible way that there's something, uh, some unknown effects that there's Uh, no way that we could foresee? Yeah, that that will come with it too. Yep, of course. Unforeseen consequences in science and engineering of uh, buildings, the electrical grid, human genome, farming, uh, uh, economics, unintended consequences are always going to be there. But they never stand in the way of progress, though. Right. I'm talking specifically uh, to the health of humanity. Absolutely. But we've never, ever in human history let that slow or stop anything. We never have. There's always unintended consequences, yet we progress. That's just right. the way it is. That's why this thing seems yeah. so yeah, freaky, but what, what, freakily what about, inevitable. What about something so monumental as like shutting down the race for good? Like what if like I am legend with Will Smith? I don't know. You know? I mean, they thought that well, was. I mean, there, there's a lot of unknown to it. But I mean, this is just, you know, we're just kind of exploring the. Matt, well, this, uh, I, I haven't asked this question. I don't know if you have an answer for it or not. Are they going to be able to improve intelligence? <laughs> you know what I mean? Or Yeah, or, I was going to ask that one next. Yep. You want your kid to be the only one at the school who didn't get the Brainiac <laughs> mod, right? Because right. you're because you're pure, or what? What would that you know? Well, yeah, but the, there's going to be people that are going to say, yeah, but I mean, they they are smart, and what is intelligence? And when you tell me this, are they going to be more like a robot? And is everybody the same? And where's our diversity, even with our thoughts? Yeah, don't right. you think this is going to spin off similar, like like think of the movie The Village. Don't you think this will spin off that sort of stuff? Like, imagine, it may, it may, imagine, imagine if the three of us hadn't had kids yet and this stuff was exploding. We'd be like, hey, let's yeah. go somewhere. Like, let's get away from all this. Let's take our families. This is just too yeah, jacked that, up. That's definitely going to happen. There is, I've, I've been thinking about that forever, that there's going to be people going and trying to live retro. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's what it'll be called. Be. Like, retro towns. With, I mean, like, it's already... Have you seen, uh, you know, now that Cuba is open and all the the embargoes and stuff. You can travel there and everything. Have you seen the people that, that it's like, so everybody loves it so much because they literally still have like cars from like the 1950s yeah, and 60s. 50s cars and stuff, everything yeah. looks, and it's like amazing. And everybody's like, Oh, it's so wonderful and so cool. And it's like, everybody loves it. I think that will happen. You, you'll actually want to go to the town in Oklahoma where all the idiots still are or what? <laughs> well, <laughs> it, it won't be like that. It'll be geniuses. No, you'll probably go with like a group of people. Like your best friends will buy a giant yeah. piece of property and you'll have stuff. And then you'll, you will allow or not allow certain technologies. Yeah. 
But I mean, it's like going back to organic food. Same thing. That's what people are doing now. They're very, like, ah, I don't want to do but all the, the mainstream stuff is most likely to move on with peer pressure and temptation right into it, and sure. maybe rightly so. And maybe there's maybe it makes no sense to try to stop it. I don't really know. I'm not even really weighing in on my opinion of it, other than, you know, gay people can get married. Your kids are going to get modified. Moving on. Like that's well, kind of the yeah, way I look well, at it. Well, there's no stopping it because I mean, yeah. what what what's next? Why? You mean you're not going to let your kid live in the cloud? You're going to make know. them live in this or, organic thing that's dying? Why, I mean, let them live I in know. the cloud. So let's talk about aging then a little bit. So right now, two-thirds of all people that die, die of age-related stuff. Like you get old enough, you have cancer, heart disease, et cetera. Two-thirds. Wow. Yeah. But a third of people still die from contracting diseases, accidents, et cetera. But, if, you know, won't that be interesting if we can get to the place where you d- if you die, it's fine, but it's not going to be because of aging, right? So if you could fix aging, you still, that doesn't mean you end death. It just means right. event, like how many miles can you drive on the interstate before you eventually have a fatal car crash at, at two, 230 years old, right? Right. Isn't that weird? <laughs> like, yeah. And the diseases, we may have eliminated a good bit of them with this and other technologies. So accidental death might be the main cause of death. Everybody's going to stay weird? inside, boy. That's what I was look, thinking look was here. weird. I, and I hadn't read anybody that weighed in on that. But isn't that bizarre if the only real cause of death is murder and accidental? Yeah, Yikes. but thanks. And you, like might, it, you might be eight years old or you might be 708. Don't you think, uh, hey, don't you think once you hit 200, it'll be like, you know, if I die, it I really know. doesn't matter. I want to go be a daredevil and I do don't crazy know. There's stuff. a million things about that. Like, I kind of feel like you don't, even if you didn't age, you would still become a worse person. and get more bitter and be more right. annoyed with people and have yeah. more trauma. Like you, you accumulate trauma and bitterness over your life. I, I don't know if you could be, have Michael Jordan's 24 year old body. If you'd want to be 500 years old, I don't know. Mentally imagine, you might just be filled with hate at that point. Imagine this. What if Toby, let's say 10 years, this stuff is full blown. Toby and Jessica decide to do it, to stop their aging. Oh, it'll end and, marriage. That's and, for sure. But, you know, way might stay married a thousand years. But listen, his, <laughs> yeah. His kids decide to be retro, so Toby watches all of his kids grow old and die, and he's just like, well, their choice. that was that was their choice." That's a cool movie idea, Joey. Yeah. Actually, all right. I mean, it, you're right. It, it's going. To, here's why that that happens, Matt. What you were saying, and Tim Keller said that before too. If you're this bad at 70 years old, how bad will you be at 700 thousand years old? Like you live forever, you'll be <laughs> yeah, just not physical. Ain't the problem. Right. Well, I mean, also because you will have done most things, almost everything. At, after a thousand years, what what will get you excited or happy or joyful? Right. And you might just turn two bad things. That's and you right. might actually become a killer or a murderer or let your hate really go crazy. Maybe there's a nice way where it works something. out where everybody chooses when they go and it's beautiful. Who I don't know. I'm not I don't really know. But two more things I want to get in this and I'll I'll, I'll let okay. this one go. Um check this out. If we can engineer people, we could do it in some pretty cool ways, especially if life could be extended in aging. That might be our gateway to colonizing other planets because yeah. you could, you know, you could send people on the trip. Like it might, that may, right. might be part of it. I mean, and here's what's really freaking crazy. If you were engineering people, you could engineer them for the alternate planet to live on. You could engineer wow, them with wow. a different bone density or gills or wow. I don't know about gills. You know, right. you could engineer them for the environment of some other place to deal with a different gravity or wow. atmosphere. Where they can breathe nitrogen, use nitrogen, and who knows? I mean, right, right. I mean, we, we there's so many examples of bacteria that can live in weird places. I mean, you could take genes from them and uh, 
reptiles and figure out how to program right. somebody well, to be suited for a distant planet that's not quite Earth. Yeah. Isn't that well, crazy? That's, yeah. I mean, that's probably a, an, an alien theory that aliens planted us here and made us this way so Absol- we could live here on Earth. That's and, absolutely and, possible. Like, and they might not be carbon-based or whatever. They might right. be whatever. And so they, they just dropped us off here, colonized this Earth, and we don't know it yet. And right. we're getting there. But you're right. Like, I mean, that's even interstellar style where you end up with time travel or whatever and you go, look at this alien. But it really is we just sent from here because, you know, that's what's kind of crazy, the thought. That's that thought that you just said, Matt, is really interesting because usually I go, wow, sci- sci-fi and Star Trek and, and all that stuff. They do things and now it's real. Like you actually do hold your phone and, can, you know, like a mm-hmm. uh, recorder or whatever. But what's crazy is they could never envision that because you still just have a human that's going to get old. So they can't yeah. play that character that's, you know, 700 years old and looks the same, you know, at episode one as they did episode 100. You know, you do, Absolutely. so you can't even do that. So, so really interesting. The last ethical thing about it that, that might be one of the first ones is, you know, and I said this earlier, abortion is a real interesting one. And the fact that I believe, that's why I like this one so much from a Christian point of view, because it almost turns some of the conventional stuff on its head. And instead of Christians being against this crazy new thing, most of the evidence so far in the near term points to, it seems like regular Christian ethics would be the most for it. So in Europe, not, they do the genetic test now and to see if you have Down syndrome, right? You can do yeah, it. Yeah. You, in fact, there's way more than that. But Down syndrome is one of the biggest things in the early testing they can do in the first trimester of pregnancy. They can find the baby's DNA and see what genetic defects it has. In Europe, it's something like 92% that come back with, uh, you know, Down syndrome are the, preg- the pregnancies are terminated. That percentage? Something like that. And I think that's wow. where it's higher there than here, whatever. But even on Ooh. the suspicion of a genetic abnormality in a child in America everywhere, many, many, many pregnancies are terminated on mere suspicion oftentimes. Wow. So, you know, to be able to, uh, to, be able to alter the – I mean, you could potentially alter your reproductive sperm and egg before you even produce a kid, before you even fertilize that would prevent that from happening and maybe be able to do it in a way that would uh, correct the genetic abnormality in the, in the early embryo. It sounds like that might be a thing that would be possible. So man, it could be a technology that ends abortion. Oh, in fact, I am glad I thought of that because that's the thing I was saying earlier. That's the other thing that I'll be, I think will be a stain on our current time. Let me, let me rearticulate those abortion, uh, the way we treat old people, factory farming. And what was that last one? Something else. Uh, Gay people at church. Yeah. <laughs> All four of those things are stuff that'll be a stain on our, you know, where, we've at, where we're at. But this, this might be the antidote to abortion, or a lot of it, at least. Wow. Crazy, Matt. But that's that's all I've got on CRISPR. I'll move on to a new science topic in the coming weeks. But that one is that is a lot more to think about there on, on yeah, all it, those. But it's unbe- so it's Matt, our 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 kids, they're gonna live longer than us. They will live longer than us. Maybe not much due to this technology, or maybe so in twenty years they may. You know, I don't know. We're not sure. I mean, if it if, if it leads to I- to, uh, to delaying or eradicating cancer, then. T- uh, some of our kids are going to live longer for sure. They say the first person that lives to be 150 or 200 may have been born. I don't know if that's true or not, but some people speculate. That. Here's what's so interesting to me is the the younger generation, I'm talking like people in their 20s right now, it seems like they've reverted back to such a 
hippie DIY naturalist, like, hey, we have a farm and, you know, we do things on. And so it is really interesting whether or not they will buy into something like this. It just seems like a huge, a huge sect of our culture is resistant to stuff like this. And so I I wonder if it's going to be a younger generation that really buys into it, almost like the pendulum swinging back and forth. Like our, our parents definitely were not big time naturalists. You know, they, they, they're, microwaves were invented for crying out loud yeah. and our parents just it just took they off. love throwing trash out the car window there you go <laughs> <laughs> all right let's move on we're running out of time here i think in a world where both your co-host bladder are way smaller than yours <laughs> and they always leave to go urinate but you drink 10 beers and don't even feel anything, even emotionally. My name is Toby Morrell. <laughs> this is the damn news. All right, lay it on me. All right. Um, I was kind of looking at my phone at some of the comments because this is live, you know, and some of the people. I advise saying, against that behavior, but yeah, yeah, what'd I you know. find? Oh, just most people said good stuff. And then there's like one guy that said something bad about my podcast. His name's Cameron. So fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, let me judge your podcast. Oh, yeah, you don't have one. You <laughs> <bitch>. <laughs> All right. Re- record a funny bit and send it in, Cameron. We'll play it yeah. next week. Your comment sure was stupid. You're the <laughs> stupidest idiot commenter I've ever heard in my life. Every other commenter on the BC right now is awesome. You suck. <laughs> I sure right. hope you didn't say his last name. I no, did. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't. I should have. Who cares? What does it yeah. matter? Why, why can somebody comment and then it's not honorable to say their name? <laughs> what in the hell is that about? I, I actually Why agree. did you black out my name? That's really messed I, I, up. I said this publicly with my first and last name attached to it. How could you possibly repeat, simply repeat it with commentary? Yeah, I, I, I'm sorry. His name is Cameron, but it, Cameron, but it should be Moron. Uh, all right. This goes to South Carolina, guys. And um, I thought this was... There, okay, we're talking about living longer and all that stuff. I do think, too, with technology, crime is going to change unbelievable. Like, like also, like, death and murder and stuff. There's going to be more and more crazy stuff, I, I believe. I mean, I, I, maybe I'm wrong. But anyway, uh, South Carolina, there's two, there's two points I want to make. we got seven minutes. South we're, Carolina. We're, it's okay. Seven, South Carolina. Uh, this comes from Huffington Post, too. South Carolina neighborhood reports clowns are trying to lure kids into the woods. Clown sightings in a South Carolina community have residents on high alert following reports that the masked figures are approaching children and even trying to lure them into nearby woods. The creepy sightings at Greenville's Fleetwood Manor apartment complex allegedly began on August 19th when a resident relayed that her son said that the clowns were whispering and making strange noises in the nearby woods. The resident, who was not identified, said she went to investigate and saw several clowns in the woods flashing green laser lights, and then the figures uh, ran away into the woods. Adding to the family's unease, the following night at around 10.30 p.m., the woman noted that her oldest son said he heard chains banging on the front door. In the early hours of August 20th, around 2.30 a.m., another resident said she was walking home when she saw a large-figured clown with a blinking nose standing under a post light near the garbage dumpster area. The woman said the clown waved at her, so she waved back while safely making her way home. (laughs) Several children said the clowns have appeared in the woods behind one apartment building, and they said, and this is the part I'm trying to get to, 
that tried to persuade them. They, they said the clowns tried to persuade the kids into the woods further by displaying large amounts of money. Okay, so there's also a big thing going on. I want to ask you guys what you think about your kids playing unsupervised. I've been reading a couple of articles. One was in the Washington Post this guy wrote recently, and then there's been a few others that says, we don't allow our kids to play unsupervised at all anymore. And although like the chance of your child being abducted or taken or anything is unbelievably low, like it is very right. low, but we don't do that. And it, we are stealing from them some decision-making some uh, totally. maturity and yep. all that stuff. But then I hear stories like this. Will y'all let your kids play unsupervised? Like Georgia is what, three years old? Is that too young? Like what? I mean, I don't think that's too, that too is young. There an age? I don't think that's too young to drop her off with clowns in the woods, honestly. I don't <laughs> think, I know that sounds they crazy. I just don't think it's too young. Some people say four or five to go into the woods with clowns, but I say three is okay. Yeah. I think so too. Joey, what do you think about unsupervised play? Like you're talking about outside without like, parents? Like Williams, a first grader. Can he play outside? No parents around. Maybe even go into the woods and play with his buddies. The most we ever let him do is have the garage door open out back and he can he can ride his bike around in the back area. But he's six. And honestly, I'm call me old school or paranoid, but I think this world is a lot different. Like I was able to do a lot of stuff that I don't think my kids will oh, be able to. To be sure, you're way less likely to get abducted now than you were when you were a kid. No doubt right. about it. It's way safer now, for sure. Not worse. I mean, okay. it, yeah. I mean, just statistics show that. Like, it, I mean, in the seventies, there, you know, rape vans and creepers. I mean, nobody talked about it. Well, it, it maybe another, it was hidden. It, it was, you know, it was not it, the same. Way it's way it, harder now to to be a child be another, abductor than it, it used may to be. be. Another pendulum shift. It hasn't just been uh, a, a decline because my mom, when she was six years old, she used to walk downtown Charleston like three or four blocks to, to run a grocery errand for Mama Jean and come back. Like, there's no way I would. No, but, but, but you're less likely to get abducted. I'm not saying you would let them do that, but I'm saying is it was way easier to be a creep and a child molester at every point in history compared to now. Right. Now you, could get you away. cannot get away with it. Like it's right. the most people are alert to everybody in the world is paranoid. Like you are hypersensitive to creeps at the yeah. park. They get the, yeah. They, yeah. People, the cops get called every day on non creeps for right. having beards and vans. Right. Yeah. And I, here's the way I'll put it. I'm not saying let your kids do whatever, but once every three months or month, my phone will blow up with an Amber alert because a kid got abducted in Sacramento. Right. So it can't be happening that much. Well, and also, Do you know what I'm saying? Or yeah, what, well, it would be, you know what I mean? Like if a, right. a Honda Civic has been spotted, this inevitably the, yeah. uh, you know, stepfather of the abducted child in uh, Roseburg, Oregon, and I'm getting the alert for it here in Seattle because it's that big of a deal. Right. There's yeah. the people aren't stealing your kids off the playground. And at well, Target. also it's not happening. Almost always, the Amber Alerts are a family member. Right. It's all. It, I. I mean, it is very rare that it's somebody that you don't know right. that took your kid now, or whatever. Kids being molested has happening constantly, constantly, constantly. It's a horrible problem, but it's always about people. You know, it's not abduction. It's not right. at the playground. It's not in the backyard. If you let, if you put your kid in Walmart and left and came back three hours later, they'll be fine, and you'll be in huge trouble. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, people will. Yeah, you know, people. If I get two rows away from Georgia. People are mad at, at me as a dad already. Like, is that your right. kid? What are you doing? You know, it's, it's crazy, you know? Well, but, that, that's, what I, that's what I was going to say. It used to be when your mom was a kid and she could walk all the way to the store, it was accepted that that was okay. Now it's not. So it's not even like you couldn't 
probably send Rosa to the store yeah, or William, no maybe. You know what I mean? Because people would go, nah, and people get in trouble for that. Like unsupervised play, you, there are people that you get called, people come and, and get you or whatever, but it is <laughs> interesting. People come what, and get you. I forget what CPS. I was going to say. What, what's the child protective services? Child protective services. I was um, thinking child I don't labor. understand this clown story, though. Is that that's real? That doesn't really yeah. make any sense. I mean, well, it, like, no, there's it, nobody real. who's a creep. And he said, got four of his other creep buddies, and they said, let's let's do this no, clown I thing. I think that's a thing that people, I think it's teens just trying to scare people. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I think, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, yeah. un, I'm going to stand under a lamppost and wave at this lady. It'll yeah. be really creepy. You know, and they're probably filming it and trying to get on YouTube. Real that's creeps don't usually work right. in droves and right. coordinatedly. I think that, that, Honestly, what's really funny is what's going to happen. The more time, most times that you're going to be scared in the future, like, oh my Lord, it's going to be a prank person trying to get on YouTube, trying to get a fire blue. <laughs> That's going to happen all the time. And I promise you the one that I cannot stop laughing at. Have you seen the one where the, the guy, uh, they, they get, they dress up like they're terrorists or whatever. And they throw, they'll throw a suitcase or something like a bomb and yell bomb and take off yeah, running. Yeah. The people's reaction <laughs> are, I know it's awful. I know it's not good. They shouldn't do that, but the people's reactions are so funny when yep. they think there's a bomb and they can run from it. <laughs> it is just unbelievable. So, all right, I got one more quick news story here for you, and this is another one. It's kind of this comes from Huffington Post, but real life Ken and Barbie explain their plastic love for each other. Um, some friendships are a match made in heaven. This one is a match made in the cosmetic surgeon's office. Pixie Fox, 26, has had 17 operations four boob jobs, liposuction, and the removal of six ribs in a Whoa. bid to be a real-life real Barbie doll. Meanwhile, 35-year-old Justin Jedlicka has had more than 340 cosmetic procedures, including five nose jobs as well as his uh, implants in his shoulders, back, cheeks, biceps, and rear end. And his goal is to become a real-life Ken doll. Basically, these two are really good friends. They're not in love. He is gay and is his boyfriend and him are getting a divorce right now. Our husband, I guess, is going through a bad divorce and not doing good. But they said that they their love is a plastic love. And both their goals, they would love, love it if they could become 100% plastic. But they're both, they don't say they're addicted, but they think it's beautiful to be as close to plastic as you can be. Um, so that's what they said. Both For the time being, we've both given up on love. We're committed to surgery and won't stop until <laughs> we have achieved our dream look. Now, here's what I want to say. That I believe that they have the right to do whatever they want with their bodies and with their money. So they can do whatever they want. I cannot stop them. Do whatever you want. But if you're going to put yourself out there and be in articles and try to be visible and stuff like that, you cannot escape some type of judgment. And, right. and, or, 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 you know, I'm going to have an opinion at least, and you can't get mad. But I think I would say there's some body dysmorphia here and that these people are completely consumed with self. And, and they might be really mad. And I'm saying you can do what you want and all stuff. But, I mean, that doesn't seem like how could you spend hundreds of thousands of dollars changing your body? Like, and that's not going to make you not you. Yeah. yeah, it's not. And it's not helping anything, period. But what about yeah, just I people mean, that are like, you know, that weird lady at the office that everything she owns is lime green? Yeah. Do you know, it's just like, sure. It's the same. And, it, yeah. Know. And hobbies, expensive hobbies that people have. That's what I'm saying. I'm not saying stop it. I'm not saying you shouldn't do it. God bless you. Go do whatever you want to your body. But it does. There is a real thing here where everybody is thinking about themselves and their body, including me. And I'm, I'm like this too. But it is just really crazy that that is like this story isn't like written in a way that's sad or uh, uh, bizarre. It, I mean, maybe it's kind of intended or implied that, oh, well, look at these people. But I mean, it's written in, yeah. hey, here's, here, here's this news. So part of me goes, well, that's really cool. You can just write about anything these days. 
and just write it as is well, and let the, it's the, let the person decide. the attention-seeking element of it that is right. rubs people the wrong way. Like, I, well, I mean, a you, lot of people try to dress weird and look weird and do weird stuff, but, you know. And you know the pain that they go through to get here, too? I mean, that's, right. like, major sacrifice of pain. Dude, I'm looking at pictures, and this girl really does not look real. I no, mean, I know. It, it that's is her goal. Unbelievable. That is. is her goal. So, I mean, but I always did wonder, or do wonder at, where do they get all this money? How do you have that much money just to change your body for stuff that's like just choosing to? Like not, you don't Elected, need it. Yeah. It doesn't, go, yeah, it doesn't help me. you. Yeah, go find I, I mean, maybe. Yeah. But anyway, God bless them. Hopefully they achieve what they want to achieve. But I, it seems like to me it'll never end. You only get older. And so what are you going to do when you're 60? You're, you know, you're, soon your face is going to get worse and worse and worse. And you're going to look insanely crazy. And hey, now that, no now, that back. I, now that I know that's going on, I feel compelled to reach out to them and witness to them like yeah, thanks do. a lot now their blood is on my hands hey joey i did have a quick question with the crisper thing matt i don't know if this is possible but if it was if it was five hundred dollars and they said hey we're gonna do this and you'll have hair again on your head <laughs> would you do it for uh, is there i mean or would you go nah i'm fine like would you spend I would say money? i would say nah i'm fine but probably for more pride reasons because i'd just be like you'd feel si- if it was free you'd feel silly about growing it full out and like saying look at me yeah It'd be awesome yeah. to see you with like foot long hair, like just a long pain. <laughs> All right. Well, Toby, thanks right, for that. News. The news. It was very Thank good. You I enjoyed it. I appreciate it. And it was brought to you by Austin Hill, Matt Nolson, Peter Swallow, Aaron Rubo, Eddie Wicker, Joseph Graham, Scott Tyson, Travis W. Frerich, Josh Rogi or Ragi, Andrew Griffin, Stephen Kimner, Andy Lara, and oh Lord Jesus, to Tab to buy Haza <laughs> Whittle Johnson. Thank you guys. And I'm going to do that one again. Tab Taba Tabi Haza Whittle Johnson. Right. BC club. Thank you guys. Badchristian.com That's forward no, slash. It's the BC club.com. My friend, the BC club.com. Yep. Always amazed to see that many people joining every week. It's insane. I always think you're going to run out and you never do. Um, okay. So we're going to talk to a BC club member. Yeah. Uh, Twitch Collins. Let's see if he's available. Oh, Twitch. If, he's old school. Man. Nice. Yeah, Twitch has been here a long time. I know, I know him a little bit. I've talked to him before. See if he's available. Can you see me? Hear I see me? your icon. Can you make sure? Can you make your video come on? Hit the mute button, the video mute. Oh, God. Oh, <laughs> not my friend. Do you see the, the screen, the, the video icon down there? Sometimes it has a slash through it like it's muted, but it's okay if you're just audio. It's not a big deal. There we go. I got it, I think. Yep, here, here it comes. comes. There it comes. And there all right. Is. Yeah, your icon was true. It was just you have that that beard is real. It's not prosthetic. No, it's definitely no, not no. a prosthetic. Prosthetic. Right. So let me tell you guys who Twitch is. Twitch, you've been in the BC Club how long? Uh, close to a year now, I want to say. Close to a year. Thank you for being in. I recognize your name for a long time. And then a few uh, weeks ago, I found an email saying that you were a screenwriter and went to film school and heard some of the stuff that we were doing and wanted to help out. So I actually talked to you on the phone a little bit. And yep. uh, Toby and I are working on a project that's going to be something like a uh, right. a digital or a short uh, mockumentary film, something. We're, we're not exactly sure what it's going to be. It's going yeah. to have some music. And uh You've been very helpful in guiding us through that. Yeah, and there's a good possibility that Toby and Twitch and I are going to finish a script and try to get it shot sometime. Now, that may be way in the future. Yeah. 
you know, that that's where we're at. So I'm very excited about that project. I, I know you may be able to tell already, we haven't got a lot done. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> I, I simply uh, understand uh, I deal with this type of stuff. I'm a very patient guy. I'm just excited for the opportunity. So, so you went to film school, though, where you're, you live in Colorado, I believe it is. Right? Correct. Yep. And how did you get into film? Uh, honestly, uh, it was kind of a hard process, uh, something that I never expected to go to. Uh, I've always been uh, fascinated by stories and storytelling, mm-hmm. and uh, film school kind of just uh, snuck up on me. It was a total God moment, I guess you could say. Never expected to go to film school, and then the first day of school just felt perfect. Uh, I knew cool. it's exactly where I was supposed to be. So you've done a bunch of film stuff and short stuff and been been doing that for a long time. Is that a career? Is it something you can even make money at? It is, but uh, I haven't really sold anything yet. Uh, but I'm working my way uh, to get out to L.A. to be a screenwriter in TV, hopefully, um, and sell some stuff there. Uh, but it's just a process of getting networking and finding the right people. Awesome. Well, you know, meeting meeting me and Toby is definitely a step in the right direction because we're, hey, we're I, going places. Yeah, I know. I, uh, <laughs> I feel that it could be. Uh, you know, I I love what you guys are doing and I want to work with you and this is your big break, I'm telling you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or not. No, but <laughs> I, No, I really think that we see eye to eye when it comes to, mm-hmm. you know, film and stuff like that. I uh, heard your uh, uh, podcast with Mike Vogel, and you got talking about how Hollywood and Christianity and stuff mixes and uh, how faith films aren't really representative of true faith. And uh, I have a huge hatred, hatred towards films that, claim to be faith films, but they're completely fake. So totally. Yeah. It's becoming the worst thing of selling Christ. Like it's just, uh, I mean, maybe it'll get, I, I think it will get better, but it for sure it's crazy. What now what's funny is thinking about working on a, 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 like a film or doing something, I've been paying attention more to acting and it is hilarious. Like I have been in front of a camera, especially like with doing badass podcasts and stuff like that. I've been doing voices and characters in front of a camera and then I'll go back and watch it. And I realized this week that the worst actor or actress that you've ever seen on TV is way better than you. Like, no yeah. matter, oh, yeah. like, like even if they're terrible, that means that you are just a piece of mud. Like it's just, you are nothing like, and I realized too, why actors always look good. Cause that is a little more forgiving. Like I was looking at my ugly face going, Oh, yeah. This guy, ah, oh, gross. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it, that's why it's so hard. If you don't look good and you're a great actor, you really got to just work your ass yeah, off. Yeah, well, think I mean, about it. Working out, having a personal trainer, and getting amazing fashion and makeup are things that you can matter-of-factly control just with dollars. Right. But acting so, skill, you can't, you know. Right. So you're, well, saying like, script, you know? you're saying, like, Paul Giamatti's accomplishments are probably bigger than, like, Brad Pitt's. The uglier of, the actor, right. the, the, the more they've had to overcome, right? Yeah. Billy yeah, Bob I mean, Thornton and yeah. Paul Giamatti, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I mean, they just had to work their ass. You could be just like me and have an awesome beard, and that's how you get cast. You can get typecast, yeah, uh, character cast that way. I'm sure. Well, Twitch, let me give let me give you some recommendations to move on up. Have you joined Facebook? Get on Facebook for sure. Yeah. Uh, Are you You on Twitter? You could connect with Facebook. Oh no, I uh, (laughs) I can't stand Twitter. I'm. uh, I'll tell you what. Just 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 network on Facebook. That's 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 the new thing to get on. Yeah. So make sure you're on there. Well, Twitch, yeah. do you enjoy being the BC Club? Tell tell somebody, tell people out there that aren't in it what's good about it. I, I don't like uh, to go on and on, so you do it for me. So I really like the community, even though I'm not that involved with like actually getting into the conversations and stuff. Uh, but I'm more I read of a the, voyeur, a, yeah, a peeping exactly. Tom. <laughs> you're a peeping Tom kind of to the Facebook group. I got uh, it. 
but it's really fun to see the conversations that come out of it. Uh, you know, it's a really tight community about people that are able to feel safe about sharing what they want. Uh, it doesn't matter how bad it is or how good it is. Uh, they just really want to share who they are and what they really believe. Um, and I really find it awesome. The perks about it and stuff like not just doing this interview with you guys, uh, but also getting some of the music ahead of time, uh, and uh, getting the book. I'm really looking forward to Joey's book uh, to get that in my hands and check out what uh, crazy stories he's got in there. <laughs> It'll make you feel so good about yourself, man. Ah, man, I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Twitch. Well, thank you so much for hey, joining us, really man. really appreciate yeah, it, man. This is great. We'll talk yeah, to you soon. I'm going to yeah, drop you right off here. Thanks, Twitch. Yep. All right. Well, Twitch right. Collins, everybody. BC Club. All right, let's do the promo. We're out of here. So, um... Toby's podcast is The Unstoppable Badass. You get it on iTunes. You can find it on our website. We got it up there today. Now, here's the thing. Toby will climb the charts if you will leave him reviews and ratings and download the thing. He's already up there with Pete Holmes and Adam Carolla in the the charts. You can see him right there. But let's push him on up after this podcast comes out and people find out about it. I'm going to send an email out tomorrow about that in the next couple of days. Let's see how high he can get. Let's just, yeah, let's go please help it. me. I and love Joey's it. book is fundamentalistpastor.com. You will get a chapter. I think tomorrow we're going to send out a chapter to everybody that's pre-ordered. It's going well already. Uh, we got a bunch of good stuff coming out. Podcasts, books. We got. Yes. We just planned the music calendar for next year. We got a shitload of good music releases coming up that everybody's going to be super stoked on. Tomorrow night, I am doing Break It Down podcast. Um, it'll be at 7 o'clock. Pacific time. I think I'll do it on Emory's Facebook page to change it up there. I'm, I'm going to be talking politics and libertarianism uh, tomorrow there. So check that out. It'll be out in the podcast feed soon. I've got a guest on there that does a podcast. His name is Jason Stapleton. Uh, great guy. I think that'll be a good combo. What else, guys? Anything else? I think that's, uh, it. You're, that's it. You're, you're going to have a baby soon. That's about it. I got to promote yeah. that. I'm going to have a baby. Uh, yep. You know, what is that? Uh, send me a me- I'll make a website. You can send me a meal. Send Jimmy yep. John's Unwitch my way. Yep. You know, I'll get that up soon. Yeah, yep. definitely. Well, Toby, right. up, update people on your journey and then we're out. Your spiritual journey. Yeah. Uh, just secured in his bloody grip that, that <laughs> removes away my human freedom and replaces it with the joy of Christ. Thank you, guys. <laughs> You've been listening to the Jabberjaw Podcast Network, jabberjawmedia.com.